I actually apologized to the twins. I sent a message over there. It's not acceptable. Welcome to another episode of Battery Mates. We are deep into May. The trade deadline is on the horizon and our teams are all going to be selling. I'm Matthew in London, Toby in Chicago. How are you? I'm good. I'm celebrating the 28th anniversary of the time that a ball bounced off of Jose Canseco's head, a fly ball, and bounced off his head and, and over the fence for a home run. Um, the single greatest moment in baseball history, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Uh, the moment baseball peaked. <laughs> it really did. It never, it, it's never been better than that. Uh, well, we're we are very, very lucky today to be joined by a, a special guest. Uh, we're back on the guest track, um, i.e., I remembered to text somebody yesterday and ask if they would join us. Ross Morales Riquetto is the co-founder of Run for Something, but more importantly, this is your fourth appearance on Battery Mates. Ross, thank you for joining us again. I'm stoked to be invited back, especially after a lot of the shit I've said. <laughs> well, you 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 uh, were brave enough to be our um, representative. Uh, I don't know what the right phrase for it is, but after the House Nastro's disgraceful behavior in the 2018 season, you were you were good enough to to come on and uh, have us talk at you about uh, how uh, much of a trash. <laughs> Uh, approach the team took so i thought that 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 definitely earns some brownie points and and welcome back glad to be here it's not a coincidence or is it a coincidence maybe it's a coincidence that um as we record this uh your house and astros are playing a series with the los angeles dodgers is that that's not that cannot be a coincidence right this is this is actually or am i am i hallucinating is that actually happening right now it is happening right now. I think we <laughs> lost nine to two last night. Okay. Yeah, they 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 clearly um, are dealing with the whole um, scandal well. They they've just continued to sign free agents and um, spend money uh, to try to win championships. Uh, so they can't beat them. Yeah, you, you gotta spend them. I guess. The old, as, the old as, they say, as they as they as they say in England, it, it looks like the Astros are playing a bit rubbish. <laughs> Um, you know, I'll say they aren't that far out of first place in their division. Uh, albeit we're not in the greatest division in baseball this year. Um, they might as well rename our division, the Shohei Otani division, since he's (laughs) literally the only thing that people are talking about among any of the teams. Um, but you know, I think we're going to win it this year. As I said, in my predictions, uh, we're going to win the world series this year. Uh, and we're really just going to stick it to all the sore losers out there, especially in Dodgers Nation. <laughs> sore losers. Well, <laughs> sore losers. I mean, no one like no one dislikes the Dodgers more than I do, but <laughs> just sore losers. I think is uh, is um, I don't know. I don't know. That is um, <laughs> you you will you will keep banging that drum though. I suppose. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the first uh, the first round. We have rapid fire questions for our guests this season. The first one up is um, is intended to be rapid fire, but I think this is a difficult one to do quickly. But what is your ballpark routine? Oh, I 
I love going to I love going to the ballpark, and I can't wait uh, to go back uh, now that I am fully vaccinated. Um, I have a pretty it's a pretty typical routine. Um, I get myself a beer, I get myself a hot dog, I plant myself down for the game. Usually get some peanuts too because I like to make a mess all around me that someone else is going to have to clean up later. Uh, and, you know, I think the last time I went to a baseball game, uh, I was introduced to soft serve in a, a baseball helmet uh, by our very own Matthew McGregor. So I think I'll be adding that uh, the next time I go back to Nat Stadium, which hopefully will be in the next few weeks. That's a good routine. Um, I like the mess that you're making. Um, I think that's a, um, you know, uh, I it used to, it used to really bug me as a kid. Um, it says a lot about me. I think that I didn't like the, I love peanuts, but I didn't like the mess they made. So I would, um, kick them over to my dad's, uh, under my dad's seat or to the seats in front of us. So my, my space would be clean. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> it's a little weird. Uh, I've gotten over it. I like peanut, peanuts now. Um, <laughs> I have this goes this quickly gets escalates. Matthew, um, what my second question here? What team in the AL West do you hate the most? The Rangers. Um, Ooh, why? Um, honestly, because they might you know they're called the Texas Rangers. They're act they actually mm. play just outside of Dallas, uh, and Dallas is one of the. Uh, single worst cities in the entire United States of America. Um, (laughs) And so anything that comes from the city of Dallas or the surrounding areas, I'm automatically skeptical of. Uh, And they were also formerly owned by the Bushes, uh, another family that I'm not a huge fan of. So, you know, just uh, it really doesn't have to do with baseball because honestly, they haven't been relevant enough for enough seasons (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to, to really hate on them too much but um you know i hate the city of dallas and what about the rest of baseball are they are they your least favorite team in all of baseball or just the air west no i would say uh after uh all of the sore all of the soreness uh from los angeles i'd say the la dodgers have become my least favorite followed by the yankees yeah, very, very fair. Very fair. Okay, so we, we've talked a lot about the Astros over the last couple of years um, because of them being cheaters who cheat. Um, but they're going to keep on playing baseball, and we like you. So you have 30 seconds to convince us that we should start developing warm feelings for the team or someone on the team. Oh, someone on the Astros. You know what? Fuck that. I'm not really going to do that. Here's what I'm going to say. The Astros definitely cheated. That was definitely bad. The Astros are the only team that got caught cheating. There are multiple accusations against the Dodgers and other teams, and all I'm going to say is, fuck the haters. The Astros are going to win the World Series this year. (laughs) I hope everybody hates them while they're doing it. That will give me the most personal joy. I think that's convincing. Um, I definitely am feeling warm feelings. Uh, I actually, the other format for this would have been to go through each individual player and um, have you tell me one nice thing about them that to make everybody, to like re- rehabilitate them. But then I was like, oh, well, I don't really want to rehabilitate some of these players yet. Yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not, you know, one player 
I'll never feel um, anything but warm feelings for is uh, Michael Brantley. I like that man. Um, he's a good dude. He was a former yeah. Cleveland Indian. That's right. And and Zach Greinke's kind of fun. I think he's he wasn't he wasn't on that cheating team, right? Or was he? No. He throws sixty mile an hour pitches. Yeah. Like what's not to love? Yeah, and he gives the most ridiculous uh, interview uh, answers. So, okay, um, this one, I, this one, I, this is. This is a hard-hitting question here. Um, so Jacob deGrom, perhaps the best pitcher in the game today. Um, he just got off the uh, injured list uh, yesterday. I think the, for the, He was on the injured list for a few weeks. He told reporters after the game, he pitched great, um, and again, in Mary Metz fashion, um, didn't get the win, but didn't get the loss. They, they came back and won after he had left the game. Um, but uh, he told reporters afterwards that um, he got injured. He first felt his side tighten while swinging the bat in a game earlier this month. So I guess the question here, this rapid-fire question that has a lot of build-up, um, do you think he should sue National League fans who refuse to let the league adapt, or would you prefer to see some sort of vengeance exacted one by one over several years? Uh, I prefer the latter. <laughs> You're not very litigious. No, I think I think people need to feel the pain, you know? <laughs> individually one at a time i think that's right matthew's awfully quiet um you're both ridiculous <laughs> you're ridiculous okay uh, the last one up in a rapid fire is a, a is a is an audio clip we've never had an audio round before yeah this is up i want you to react to this clip um from the yankees blue jays game yesterday okay one second here Could you make out what they were saying? Nope. Well, I'll I'll play it again. Um, but it uh, just the the second word is Altuve. <laughs> they're not very good at chanting, uh, but this is Yankee Stadium, so what are you gonna do? Um, they're saying "fuck Altuve," um, which I just yeah. Uh, that was a Yankees Blue Jays game. <laughs> that um, for 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 people listening at home, Jose Altuve was not playing in that game. You know, here's what I'll say. I I'm embracing it this year. We're the <laughs> we're we're the bad guys. Everyone thinks we're the bad guys. Might as well just own it completely. I will say that I think poor Jose Altuve probably uh, has. It has now come out that he uh, refused. He he did not really participate in the trash can banging uh, scandal the way that some of his other uh, what some teammates did. And so, you know, I'd say I feel it badly for him. And, you know, he's the one with the MVP award, uh, one to Aaron Judge's zero. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I think he took that one to the bank. And he's like, you need two of them to reach the, the like, the chin of Aaron Judge. <laughs> I can say yeah, that as a short a, person. I can say that he's having a rebound year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the, you're, you're, what you're alluding to is that there's like evidence that he, of all the players, he's, he's the least to have benefited from any ba- the banging scheme. Um, and I think that's there's something to be said for that. He, he was good before the cheating too. You know, players like Josh Reddick, however, had suspiciously, suspiciously good year. Um, and the other day, I guess, was greeted with a. Um, what was the 
some there was some sort of like the the, the actual organ player played a, a song related to trash cans or uh, bang the drum or something. Um, Matthew, you have any other rapid fire questions, or do we want to move to around the horn? Let's, let's go around the horn. Okay. Uh, so, oh, you know what? <laughs> I know we're not a breaking news podcast, but literally breaking news is happening in baseball right now. <laughs> um, uh, this the subject we've covered quite a bit on this uh, this this episode or this uh, podcast. Um, Mickey Calloway, uh, the investigation that's gone on months into his impropriety. Um, is the allegations of sexual harassment. Uh, Mickey Calloway has been placed on the ineligible list through at least 2022 after the investigation. I haven't been able to read more about that. That's the headline. Um, uh, I guess that's, yeah, nothing more to say about that. So if you were, if you, you know, if you listen to Battery Mates for breaking news, um, there you go. <laughs> also, you need to get a subscription to some, some other news source. <laughs> it's breaking news to me and Ross. We appreciate it. Yeah. It's also good news. That's good breaking news. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. It says ineligible through at least 2022. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, I want to read the details. But okay, let's go around the horn. That will not be one of them because I don't think any of us were prepared to talk about that. Um, Plus, the the nature of breaking news around here is we'll talk about it in a few weeks. And um, that's the way it should be. Uh, So... This is this was breaking news to me when I read about this. Um, the tomahawk chop in Atlanta is still a thing. So um, for for those of you who remember the the controversy um, in twenty the twenty nineteen NLDS, um, there was a pitcher on the Cardinals, Ryan Helsley, um, who's a member of Cherokee Nation, who called the Braves out after a game during the playoffs and said like, "Hey, it's super disrespect disrespectful," and you know. It's not not cool. Um, and the Braves, like in in response, stopped handing out the foam tomahawks. They stopped playing the chop music and they stopped showing the like chop graphic on the scoreboard. Um, as soon as the series returned to Atlanta for Game Five of that series, um, and I guess if you just watched the Braves on TV, you you'd have thought like that was the end of it. Um, there was like, I, and, and there was uh, the reason this came up is because there's been chatter on on the that bird website we all are on. Um, that the Braves' poor performance at home this season was due to the absence of the tomahawk chop. So it took a, an investigative reporter on Twitter, a, a fan, I think, a baseball fan, uh, who was at a game uh, to show during like an eighth-inning pitching change uh, the crowd doing the tomahawk chop. And they're doing it not with the foam tomahawks, but with their lit-up phones. They're like, like at a, like a uh, you know, fucking Eagles concert. And they're, uh, the stadium wasn't playing the music, you know, the, you know, whatever the chant is. They weren't doing the chant for them, but they were playing like this war, like drum beat that was like, it was very, you know, uh, you know, it was not an accident. And the Jumbotron was showing the fans doing it with like, uh, like a a superimposed tomahawk being chopped uh, in the upper right hand corner. So clearly like a stadium endorsed uh, tomahawk chop Gotta say that was pretty. That was I found that pretty shocking. Um, let's go to uh, Ross. What you know? Are you surprised by something like this? What is what is going on here? I'm not surprised. You know, like it took the Washington football team how many you know, like 50, 40 years to change their name, even though people have been asking. The Cleveland Indians just retired. 
you know, their mascot, what was it, two years ago, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I guess I'm a little bit surprised that they brought it back after they did the right thing by getting rid of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, just, I would say nothing really like when we're talking about things like this, nothing really surprises me anymore. I do think, (laughs) I, I, I don't know, Matthew, I just, I can't with it. (laughs) I mean, the the first thing for me is that it shows that when they uh, knocked it on the head in the, in the first instance, it was a a PR move, not uh, uh, something that they had taken time to reflect on. It shows they don't, um, care about the the impact that it has had on um native american communities and others in the atlanta area and you know across the country it was literally just a like let's not have a pr disaster let's get rid of this they've done no education work with their with their fans they've done no education work in internally they've given no thought to you know what is it that upsets people about that racist gesture and you know when you just don't care um this these kinds of things will slip back as simple as that um i I don't think that they are in a position even if the organization said right we're not going to have this on the jumpertron we're not going to play the music they're still in no position to confront their fans about it you know or clubs whatever sport it is these are community institutions that have both um, a role to play in providing a service to the community of putting on good sports and you know in providing enjoyment but they also have a responsibility to the community from a social stance they should be leaders not followers and so many of these organizations you know take a stance of well you know the fans don't want us to get rid of the racist mascot therefore and yeah. that's bullshit that's bullshit I think it, it, and it was particularly alarming for me because it's been over, oh, yeah, it's been almost a year now since the Clevelands announced they were changing. Oh, so they announced almost a year ago that they were going to explore changing the name. And they did announce in the offseason that they had decided, yes, we're going to change the name. Um, I guess this, the kind of backslip into that we're seeing in Atlanta, and granted, I don't think Atlanta ever made like a big announcement that we're we're not ever going to do Tomahawk Chop again. I, I don't think that ever happened. I think maybe we just kind of read, like the fact that they acknowledged that it was in bad taste and stopped doing it during the playoffs, maybe that would be an indication that they wouldn't do it again. And the fact that they're doing it only not during the TV broadcast is interesting. Um, but I, I just, it makes me worried that some of this, you know, that we'll be in this weird, because, you know, a couple months ago, the Clevelands announced that um, they wouldn't have a name change announced until, you know, at least the off season and that at least the off season, at least, uh, is such a scary thing for people who just really, I just, I'm tired of it. I really want to have a new name and not having to go around calling them the Clevelands forever. Um, and so, you know, even if it's something I don't like, I, I just want, I want to know what it's going to be. <laughs> so anyway, um, we can move on. Uh, obviously we'll, we'll be continuing to cover, um, teaching the controversy here um the let's talk about somebody uh in the a team in the american league west and the uh, travails of the oakland athletics um so 
for for those of you who are not following this story, the team, um, with the assistance of Major League Baseball, is trying to strong arm the city of Oakland into building them a new stadium on a a, a new um, at a new like very highly preferred um, site. Um, the site's Howard Terminal, which is on the water. I think it's currently an actual shipping port. <laughs> um, but it would be an ideal location for for the team because they could build a nice fancy ballpark um, and get all the like real estate and commercial development that if you've been to Wrigley Field lately and you know several other stadiums. I'm not I'm just not not just picking on the, the Cubs, although the new Wrigley is extremely Cub. Um, the it's, it's so it's an ideal site, and they particularly do not want to just like build a new stadium on the current site of the Oakland Coliseum or o.co uh, I think it's called um, so the big development this month was uh, Major League Baseball put out a statement um, and I'm going to read from the statement a little bit uh, which I think is super important so it starts by saying you know Major League Baseball is concerned with the rate of progress on the A's new ballpark effort with local officials and other stakeholders in Oakland and um, I'm kind of skipping ahead the Oakland Coliseum site is not a viable option for the future vision of baseball. We have instructed the athletics to begin to explore other markets while they continue to pursue a waterfront ballpark in Oakland. The athletics need a new ballpark to remain competitive, so it is now in our best interest to also consider other markets. Um, <clears throat> the news there isn't that Major League Baseball or Oakland Athletics were like wanted the new, the other site. It was this this line that the Oakland Coliseum site, the current site, is not a viable option for the future vision of baseball. Um, which is just such, it's, well, that is, that is deep. (laughs) Future vision. I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling to understand what future vision of baseball means. The thing for me is Oakland put out a very competitive baseball team almost every season. Like they don't go deep into the postseason very often, but they consistently win more games in the regular season than most other teams in baseball. They, they kind of go under the radar a little bit because it's such a competitive division. But they, they are constantly winning, you know, high 80s, low 90s baseball games. So what does that mean that, like, they're not competitive? It, that literally only means that they're not making enough money. Yeah, it's nothing to do with the fans. It's about how much money they're making, and that is really, really grim. I also think it has a, you know, like Oakland. One of Oakland's big problems is like how much money the ownership invests in the team year in and year out. <clears throat> they consistently have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. They're not willing to spend money to lock in their free agents. They're not. They're not willing to go out and get free agents, and so, you know the you know like the management of the team has done a really good job of keeping them competitive through all of it but at the end of the day i think you know i'm surprised and not surprised a little bit that major league baseball is sort of siding with them at this point given the fact that there are other you know clearly ownership is not as invested in the success of that baseball team as they as they could be um, you know, even teams like, you know, my own Houston Astros, who, you know, in the past haven't, you know, really been big free agent spenders are starting to spend more money because they understand that by spending more money, it brings in fans, they get excited, it makes the team more money in the long run. Um, 
so you know i think also like a thing that's just important to note is that like oakland as a city like has a history of playing hardball when it comes to stadium development you know the uh, golden state warriors went over to san francisco when oakland wouldn't give the team like a sweet deal you know the oakland raiders just left when the team wouldn't give them a sweet deal or when the city wouldn't give them a sweet deal on a new football stadium so I also think, like, you know, it's clear the city of Oakland's not bluffing on this. It would be a shame if they lost, you know, another major sports team, uh, especially given the fact that, like, the Oakland A's are competitive. They've, you know, they've been in the city for so long. It just, it would make me really sad. It's it's just so, like, yeah. dystopian that, like, not a viable option for the future vision of baseball. That, that like, because like, Oakland Coliseum site, like, to be clear, that, that ballpark is kind of a dump. I mean, I've been, it's one of the, the it's clearly needs to need a new stadium. Um, that's not being debated. I think the idea is there's plenty of space in that, on that site, especially now that the Warriors are, have moved, um, that they could, you know, completely build a new state of the art ballpark there. Um, and that's right on, you know, it is right on public transit. Now, granted, I don't know the city of Oakland very well. I don't know what the pros and cons of this new site are. I just know it's in the Oakland at ownership's best interest to be, at this this waterfront site where they can really make a lot more money on real estate and commercial development than they can on the baseball product. So, I don't know. Maybe that's the future vision of baseball that Rob Manfred's talking about. The, the only reason they want to move the team out of Oakland is because Oakland won't pay for them to have the stadium that they want, which will mean that they won't make as much money. It's literally all this is about is about filling the pockets of the owners and consequently the rest of MLB it doesn't even make sense for the team to move out of Oakland because expansion is coming down the track so they could move to Las Vegas follow the the football team Portland has been talked about as a uh, a team that a city that needs a team um, there's been talk of somewhere in Memphis either uh, somewhere in Tennessee the Memphis or Nashville there are places where baseball teams make sense but that's coming down the track with expansion anyway. So why why move this team now? The only reason is to fill the pockets of already extremely rich people. Yeah. And that's fucked. Well, I'm sure we'll have more to cover on this one in the future. Fun, fun fact about Las Vegas, um, obviously one of the places that Oakland ownership is being courted. Um, the county, uh, Clark County, is that what it is? Um, just had to, to um, pull millions... Uh, of dollars out of their reserve funds to make a debt payment on the new Raider stadium. <laughs> so, um, that's, that's how that's going. That's how it, that what that's the, that's the reward you get for building. I stadiums. I, I don't want to take us off on a tangent. Cause I know we're being like, uh, commie lefties, MLB rich people are bad, <laughs> but why would, why would anyone want to have a sports team in Las Vegas? That doesn't make any sense to have, anything in las vegas i've been there perfectly nice but it is hot as balls and <laughs> why would you have a major sports team there at all but like uh, baseball in particular it's got to be indoors obviously it's got to be indoors it just seems really really weird i just i think las vegas is a kind of a um it's a bubble city like it's it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna pop and these teams are not gonna be um insulated against that I have no thing to base that on. It just seems like a really, really weird place to go. 
I also just don't know that you want a bunch of young, rich, like testosterone filled dudes like living in the city of Las Vegas, like in their early 20s. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like they have all this disposable income. It just it just feels like it's literally a recipe for people getting in so much trouble. I watched a documentary about Las Vegas where, like, I mean, it was really scary. Like, people, they had a bad trip, and they, it was like following them around in trying to piece together what they'd been doing the night before. And one of the people in the in the group that the these fly-on-the-wall documentary cameras were following, he had accidentally got locked up on the roof of his hotel in the searing heat, and he almost died from heat exposure it was really frightening really frightening is this documentary the hangover because i I, i'm pretty sure that's the plot it was about a hangover yeah yeah it was about a hangover (laughs) it was quite weird though mike tyson was in it at one point (laughs) okay let's take a word from our sponsor and come back and finish this around the horn this episode of battery mates is brought to you by target.com and our ready set summer sale Unfortunately, before we ready, set, summer, we need to break some difficult news. Because the safety of our guests and our team is a top priority, out out of an abundance of caution, and after a physical fight broke out and a gun was drawn over Pokemon cards in one of our parking lots in Wisconsin, we have decided to temporarily suspend the sale of sports cards and Pokemon trading cards in our stores, effective May 14th. Guests can still purchase these cards online, while supplies last, and where there is far, far less judgment passed on armed adults purchasing kids' collectibles. Target.com. Ready, set, summer. You pronounce Pokemon differently in America. What do you say? Pokemon. 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 It's a bit like like the way that you pronounce um, Spider-Man. You say Spider-Man. You say (laughs) Spider-Man. How do you say fireman? Firefighter. <laughs> nice. Good, good job. <laughs> do, you, well, you, do you say Superman? Superman, yeah. It's his surname, <laughs> isn't it? Superman. It's not <laughs> Superman. Uh, it's not, it, well, it isn't Ryan Zimmerman, is it? It's Ryan Zimmerman. Um, he's only, exactly. <laughs> he's only 36, I just found out. I'm like, he's been playing in yeah. base, Major League Baseball for... What, 35 years? He's been playing baseball for longer. <laughs> anyway. Okay, speaking of old people, um, we got we got we got to spend some time talking about uh, Tony La Russa. Um, I, I just feel like they have, we're all going to have a lot to say on this. Do, do, is it worth going through the a quick re- recap of, of what happened? What, what you know, there's seven, the thing is what happened could be several things, but I think particularly the your, your mean Mercedes event. I can make this really I can make this really really easy for people. If you haven't been following it, you mean you mean Mercedes was on Tony LaRusso's yacht lawn. <laughs> and he got real mad about that. That's the end of that's basically the end of the story. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I mean some of the quotes are so ridiculous um that you know, I I I just think that you know, so Tony Roos is what 70, 76 years old, um, and you know he flipped out over a three zero pitch home run from uh, when a pitcher, a position player pitching that your mean Mercedes hit. 
Um, Can I do the quotes? Yeah, go ahead. Can I do the quotes? So it was it was a it was a it, it wasn't just a three zero um, count. It was a three zero count facing a position player yeah. who was throwing like forty to fifty miles an hour. <laughs> Uh, in a ten run I game, hit, yeah. In 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 a fifteen, I think it was fifteen to four or fourteen to four. <laughs> I I personally, me, I can hit baseballs a very long way at forty five, fifty miles an hour. <laughs> that that saying something. You mean Mercedes was like, yeah, I, I can hit this. I'm going to, <laughs> and he hit a, a a bomb. It went a very long way. The position player pitching was very very aggrieved. It was like super shocked and very unhappy. Tony LaRusso was asked about this in the um, media availability after the game. Here's some of the things he said. That's just sportsmanship and respect for the game and respect for your opponent. He made a mistake, so there'll be a consequence that he has to endure here within our family. I heard he said something like, I play my game. No, he doesn't. He plays the game of Major League Baseball, respects the game, respects the opponents, and he's got to respect the signs. When he gets to take sign, he takes. He's in there today, so the consequence is not sitting him down. It's a learning experience. I actually apologized to the twins. I sent a message over there. It's not acceptable. And I'm certain that this will not happen again with urine. I'm good with guys who celebrate. Just like a pitcher who strikes us out and he celebrates. He wants to win. I'm good with that. Oh. Thanks, Tony, for being here. Um, I, yeah, Ross, did you were you paying attention to this in real time? Did you did you you know when this this uh, all went down? Yeah, I mean, Tony Larusso is the Joe Biden of uh, Major League Baseball managers, meaning that he <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't be doing the job that he's doing, uh, but he's there and not doing the worst job. And was there you know, someone I heckling think... you in the background just there? Was someone uh, heckling you? No, I mean maybe. I have <laughs> I have noise canceling headphones on. Jess is here somewhere, my <laughs> wife, uh, who's lovely. Um, I think it just we're at a point now where like if a team's gonna put a position player in to throw to pitch to major league hitters, that's actually also disrespectful. <laughs> And, like, if that's what you're going to do, then, like, those hitters should, like, belt the shit out of, like, the the pitches. Like, they're also, you know, the players are being judged, you know, there's probably incentives in his contract for their number of home runs he hits or for, you know, like, his war or, like, the way he ends the year. And so, like, you know, if the opposing team's going to throw out somebody who's throwing garbage, then, like, they should send that garbage right on back. So that's... That's where 36-year-old Ross Morales Riquetto is on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't see I don't think I saw one major current major league player say there's no way he should have swung at that. Like almost everybody's like they got a position player on the mound, you know, all bets are off. That's the whole point of a, throwing a position player is you're punting on the game. You're saying like we know this is it's bad. It's already bad enough. We know it can't it, you know, it's not going to get too much it can't get better for us. So we're just going to Get, make it as bad as it possibly can be. If the if the rules are like, oh yeah, you're gonna have to take it easy on the position player, then you know, then why even play the game? <laughs> why not have a, yeah. a you know a, a well, that's, mercy? That's rule? my thing. Is like this whole thing of like I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about this, and 
um, what people had to say because a lot of this is new to me, like these old unwritten rules. I didn't grow up with them. I didn't. I'm, I'm learning about some of these things like now. And the thing for me is like if you're literally like people keep saying, well, it was unfair because the the um, the White Sox had conceded the uh, sorry the Twins had conceded the game. Well, it's like why carry on playing it then? Why why keep fans there? Why why keep messing around? If you if you want to concede the game, like is it do we need a baseball version of throwing in the towel and we can just like quit it in the bottom of the seventh inning and yeah. we can all go home? This is silly. It's just silly. Either play the game or don't play the game. If you don't want to play the game, don't play. Yeah. But then don't get pissy when the other side want to carry on playing. Yeah, and maybe maybe after six innings, if you're down by ten runs or more. You can just do the equivalent of like the four, holding your the four number four up in your fingers and say like you know send him to first base, um, you know like without having to go through the the motions of actually walking the batter. I don't know. The, the the weird thing about this is so the reaction that's happened. This was not just a one day event, right? So Tony Lewis, by saying the things he said, by actually saying he apologized to the Twins and sent a message over there, um, and that left him he, he left him in the game uh, the next day. Uh, to as he as you as um we just saw it was uh, to be a learning experience he was essentially requiring the twins to hit him with a pitch which is a whole nother level of not getting your players back than um than than one can imagine um just awful and you know meanwhile tim anderson billy hamilton other players on instagram and and tiktok and whatnot are essentially like just saying like don't listen to Tony larusa this we, we, you know you're good. You're mean. You're good. Um, you know, even uh, Lucas Giolito came to his defense. Lance Lynn. These are both pitchers. Um, you know, right. and Tony Russo's reaction to Lance Lynn's quote about um, saying like, "Hey, it was a position player. Anything can. Any, you know, all bets are off." Tony Russo said, "Well, Lance has a locker. I have an office. I don't agree." <laughs> it's like what the fuck. I don't know. The the, the good news is that Tony Russo is not. Scrolling through Instagram to check out what he's playing. So he's he's not familiar with the concept of the internet. It's just it's sad because you know and and Ross, you made a good point. Like the the team is doing fine. Like they're they're in first place, one of the best teams in baseball. Um, kind of in spite of Tony Larusa, I would say, and in spite of these injuries. And one of the reasons one of the reasons they're doing so well is Mercedes. Who yes, is having a great season out of nowhere. Right, he's twenty eight. He's a career minor leaguer. Um, well, can I just say, you say out of nowhere, some people saw this coming and have had him in their fantasy team for a, for quite a while. The piece here that's most, um, I, I think, you know, the other day, uh, you know, Tony Russo took one more shot. This is like now we're a week into this controversy and Tony Russo took another shot at, um, kind of a veiled shot at, at your mean Mercedes in, in his praise for another player, Andrew Vaughn, who's another rookie on the team. He's younger. He's also white. And the quote uh, about Andrew Vaughn was very... Su- Matthew, you want to read this? I feel like maybe you might deliver this better. Um, yeah, I thought we had Tony around yeah, he, somewhere. So Tony? He read it himself. Tony, can you just read this for us? Sorry. Go sorry to, for the delay. We'll, we'll I, go to the clip. I, didn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't see it, and I've, I've now scrolled down the notes. <clears throat> A very solid in. <clears throat> no, sorry, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. So, Tony, you're gonna have to give us better than that. <laughs> a very solid individual. He doesn't celebrate anything too early. He works. He grinds. He competes. 
I think his mind, his attitude, his character is the best part of him. And that's saying a lot. He's got a great head. It's just, I, I mean, uh, thanks again, Tony, um, for, for, for joining us. I, you know, I, I, I think, um, especially considering the rest of the content of this segment, um, I, I just think that, you know, that's pretty much the definition of like a, uh, you know, a complete uh, dog whistle. <laughs> like the idea of this white player grinds and competes and he's, he doesn't, he doesn't celebrate anything too early. It's literally what, yeah, that is usually the definition for a very solid individual to me. <laughs> you know, you don't want anybody celebrating too early. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I mean, mean? He, just, he, 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 Tony Larusa, he is who we thought he was. Also, his hair color is pretty bad. <laughs> just saying, he needs if you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, there's a few individuals on this call, meaning or all three of us, uh, who <laughs> have started to who have started to have gray hair, and our responses, you know, have been I think different than Mr. Larusa's, and you know, all I would say is Mr. Larusa might want to consider you know, what the three individuals on this podcast have decided to do uh, instead. You know, you know, I've had, I've had gray hair coming through since I was in my early twenties. I, I saw when I was about 25, I bumped into a college friend uh, who I hadn't seen for like three or four years. And he said, we were chatting for a couple of minutes and he said, do you know what? Can I just say, I love, I love the highlights you've had done. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a that was a moment in my life that uh, <laughs> tw- twenty years later I'm still thinking about. I, I want to talk about what CC Sabathia said because I think CC Sabathia should potentially be the next president of the United States based purely <laughs> on, but based purely on his comments. Do you want to do these ones, Toby? Yeah, I'm not going to do the voice if that's okay. No, no, I don't <laughs> think that's probably for the best. Um, yeah, CC Sabathia, former Cleveland player. Um, uh, and former Cy Young winner in Cleveland. Um, this is this is a long quote, so I'm going to do some highlights here. But he uh, starts off by saying, in reaction to the, the, this controversy, that's just fucking stupid. It's stupid, period. I'm sorry. The shit is terrible. He shouldn't yeah. be fucking managing that team. And if you're not going to step up and have your players back, what's the point of being the fucking manager of the White Sox? Shit is stupid as fuck. Sorry. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I want... I want sh- sh- shit as stupid as fuck. Sorry, like in a tattoo or like on a big flag somewhere, like that in Latin should be the new motto of the United States of America at the moment. Until until like stuff is being cleaned up post Trump or uh, post the founding of the United States. Uh, shit is stupid as fuck. Sorry, I think that is perfect. I I just I don't. I didn't understand in the moment. The Chicago White Sox are like a young team. They're not like yeah. a team of old, like wily veterans that are like, a, you know, like that are past their prime that are trying to like win one last World Series. Like the kind of guys that like Tony Larusa might get along with. Like this is a group of young. And it's the White Sox are a extremely diverse franchise. Like they're a, a young, diverse group of people why in god's name did they hire this guy (laughs) to manage them it just made i just i can't even i just keep going back to like 
why was this decision even made in the first place? It's so obviously dumb. And they're so obviously going to have to fire him for saying something racist at some point <laughs> midway through the season that, like, they might as well just get it done now and let whoever the, you know, whoever the assistant manager is just step up now. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they they definitely will. He will not last the season. We should have made that part of the battery mates prediction contest. There's like <laughs> everyone could have everyone could have had a point for predicting that Tony Larissa would not make it through the season because of something racist that he had said. The fact that all of the racist stuff he said in the past was not a deal breaker for them uh, says something about the the ownership. I want to just um, the whole of this CC's Abathia quote is amazing, but I just want to um, uh, add in a last bit here. He said. Um, uh, yeah, the game wasn't over. If you're going to fucking put a position player in there to pitch, guess what? If he's going to lob shit over the plate, we're going to fucking tee off. <laughs> put a put a 10-run rule up there. If you all don't want to see people get embarrassed and you don't want to see position players pitch and people swing on 3-0 counts and all that shit, then make a 10-run rule so the fucking game would be over and you don't have these stupid-ass unwritten rules. Exactly right exactly right hard to argue with it um it's what's funny and i I say this extremely genuinely i believe one of the reasons that cleveland has a chance in this division is because the white Sox. well the white Sox injuries are devastating but the white Sox injuries combined with the just uh, what's going on with tony la russa i it makes that clubhouse kind of I think you know it gives us a chance. <laughs> it gives it gives. There's an opening. There's some daylight that makes us a little bit more competitive. Because I think we're more cohesion, more cohesion in our it, clubhouse. It's not unfixable though. Right. They can they can fix that ball club, um, that clubhouse. All they need to do is get Drake Laroche back. <laughs> oh, Drake Laroche. We we have to have him on the show at some point. Um, he's a, he's got to be in his thirties now, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, let's talk about let's let's, let's go uh, to the last horn. Um, that's what you do when you go around the horn, right? Um, I want I don't have anything prepared here. I just want to talk about all these no hitters. Um, there have been six no hitters in Major League Baseball. Seven, if you count that uh, the Madison Bumgarner um, seven inning, you know, Manfred Ball uh, game, um, and that's a lot. For you know, not even two months of baseball. Do you, you know where do you guys come down on? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Should we be alarmed? A lot of stories are being written about how baseball is in a crisis mode because all the no hitters. Well, I kind of, I, I kind of love it to be honest. I think, you know, they juiced the balls and really screwed the pitchers, and. They unjuiced the balls, and now the pitchers are having their sweet, sweet revenge. And I'm very into it. I like the no-hitters. You know, I we know that Major League Baseball is going to do something about it. We know that the balls will get juiced again or, you know. But the I think the other piece of it that's probably worth noting is that, like, this is – like a byproduct of just the way that major like we like baseball gets played these days like you know when all you care about is launch angle and like all you do is sort of like optimize for like the like the analytics the end result is going to end up being that if the ball is induced that pitchers are going to do extremely well because all your guy half your team is striking out half the time um 
And, you know, like, I say this as somebody whose team has one of the worst bullpens in Major League Baseball, uh, and folks have just been teeing up on us, especially over the last four games. But I don't know. I like it. I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the pitchers getting their revenge. You know, the the thing for me is like I'm still being a relatively new fan. I hadn't really noticed this trend at first, but it's been year on year now, and I've I've, I've been able to to kind of detect it. Baseball is like uh, like a stroppy emo teenager that anything that goes well, they get really angry about how. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a reflect it's a bad reflection of them. There's too many home runs. It's terrible. There's too many home runs. What are we gonna do? Oh no no now there's too many no nos and it's really really bad and this is embarrassing and like oh people have got really good at fielding. We need to change the rules and make it so that re- being really good at fielding isn't an advantage anymore. It's like let's play the game. Just play the game. It's like every year, one element of the of baseball. Is it gets to a point where people are really, really good at it. And instead of saying, wow, this is cool, there's loads of home runs this year, everyone freaks out and says, oh, my God, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> like, the defense is great. The home runs are great. The pitching is great. And everyone's freaking out saying this is terrible. It's like, just fucking play the game. God. <laughs> Ross, you're dead right. Like they're going, they they are going to. They always adjust based on the you know, whatever the annual anxiety is about um, the game being too exciting. Um, they will they will change it and and try to overcorrect uh, or try to correct for it and end up overcorrecting for it. Um, some proposals thrown out there are like moving the mound back uh, six inches or a foot or whatever, or lowering the mound. Or you know, um, I think I saw this recently. They they want to legalize um, allowing the offenses to bang on uh, garbage cans. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Very well played. I I'm Very a well I'm a fan of that suggestion for what it's worth. <laughs> but like, I don't follow any of the other um, uh, major sports, so I I don't know like. Has there been a point at which basketball players have got really, really good at three pointers, and and the game has been like, okay, we now we need to like expand the three point zone? Like, would that be a thing in basketball? It happened. They moved the three point line up years ago, and then they basically immediately moved it back. Like, I think there was like one or two seasons where the three point line got moved up. Then everyone started making three pointers, and then the NBA was like, oh no, JK. Um, but the NBA is, you know, they have proposed a bunch of weird stuff. Like, I mean, maybe won't be weird for soccer fans, but it's weird for someone who doesn't really pay attention to soccer, like, uh, like mid-year tournament, um, that basically is meaningless to keep fans interested over the course of an 82 game season. I don't, they have tried some stuff, but baseball is more reactionary than basically any other Amer- like major American sport. Like the NFL basically, you know, people, there's now evidence that for 40 years that like they've basically been like giving people brain disease and they haven't changed the game at all. So, you know, football never changes. Baseball will, you know, I don't know. That, that you, you're, you're touching on something that you, what you just said really, like baseball is the sport that you kind of go to and you settle in. You, you know, it's going to be, it's you know, it's going to be a, a while here. You know, we're going to, it's going to be a, a long game. 
Um, lots of things happen over the course of, of nine innings. Lots of ha- things happen over the course of 162 games, and you go with the flow, you adjust. You know, that's the way it is. But you're right. The way that people cover baseball is as, as if, like, you know, you get whiplash with all of the, like, alarm, <laughs> alarming behavior and alarming statistics. And, oh, my God, this has never happened before. And that might be true. Like, literally, we're, ha- we're in a moment where, like, offense has never been this bad and pitching has never been this good. But you don't have to go back that far to find a, mo- a year where, like, home runs have never been at a higher uh, point and people are fr- freaking out about all of it. I think the key thing is baseball players adjust. The game adjusts to the, yeah. the to the what's happening, and you don't need the people like Rob Manfred with his thumb on the scale. Um, I just in what other in what other sport does a, a really 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 cool thing happen slightly more often than usual, and everyone freaks out rather than says, "Oh, cool! This cool <laughs> thing is cool." Yeah. I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. I also think like. A thing, a thing that could be happening that none of us really understand is like they played a really truncated season last year. So like it's also possible that and some of the guys opted out of playing totally, and so like to some degree you might also just be seeing the end result of what happens when you have like a pandemic shortened baseball season. Interesting. I know that in other American sports you've seen, you know like a team will win by 20 or 30 points one night and then get like trounced by like 40 points the night after there's just like no consistency. And I think maybe also you're just seeing like some of these athletes getting reaccustomed to like playing a full season and it's taken some of them a little longer and maybe also, you know, dejuicing the ball had some effects, but like, you know, maybe we should at least wait till we're halfway through the season. Yeah. So, like, say that it's an emergency. <laughs> right, because, like, the other thing is, the, 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 the flip side of what you just described is that all these pitchers who are pitching lights out right now also are are have to bounce back from a shortened season. And so we may get 60 games into the season, 100 games into the season, and they may start to slow down. They may start to lose their edge. Um, they may tire, you know? And I think that's the piece that we haven't seen yet. And that may be <laughs> – we could be talking about this stuff in August and September is like, oh, shit – this this game is never there's never been this much offense. Pitchers can't get the ball over the plate. Uh, all these Tommy John surgeries. We're in emergency. It's emergency zone. Anyway, um, I think we've beaten this one to the ground. But um, you know, when they when we have our next episode and there's four more no hitters um, uh, before that, uh, you know, we can we can maybe reevaluate. <laughs> um, so uh, let's just I, I want to let's wrap the episode with um, uh, uh, the latest installment of our really bad tweet award. And this this week's award or this episode's award goes to Paul Kane, who's a uh, congressional correspondent for the Washington Post. Um, he tweeted uh, earlier this month. <clears throat> he said, "Don't fall for BS that today's baseball is great because players are so good. They all kind of suck now. No one fields anymore. No one does anything fundamental. No relief pitcher has more than one pitch. So an O2 count is meaningless because a hitter knows what's coming." Um, this got appropriately blown up uh, by baseball fans, but um, for an otherwise, I think, pretty smart person, this was a pretty bad take. Uh, any 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 reaction here? It's a real dumb take. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we'll just leave it leave it there, let it hang there, um, like 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 the you know the you know like a, a curveball that we um, can no longer bang the drum to indicate it's coming. I was about to add something funny, but it wasn't as funny as that, so I'll leave it there. 
Um, Some, that, someday, that... someday, everyone will be able to do it, Toby. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It'll be the new rule. Um, that's we gotta we gotta get the, the batters back in the game somehow. Um, uh, so Ross, Matthew, um, this has been great. Ross, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know you know we didn't tell people this. Or did we? I don't know. You're the co-founder of Run for Something. You guys do incredible work. Everybody should give all their money to Run for Something um, after they've do- they're done. Um, you know, giving money to our sponsor. Uh, thanks again to Target.com. Um, but you should definitely um, make a donation, a recurring donation, to Run for Something. Um, uh, Matthew, do you have any? Well, first of all, do you have any... Ross? I don't want to cut you off if, you, if there's anything you want to say. No, thanks for having me. <laughs> Runforsomething.net/slash/donate. <laughs> Make the hard ask, um, Matthew. What, what should you know? Now that we're past the quarter pole of the season, what do uh, what do? How do we get through the next you know four months of, of baseball um, with all these no hitters? Uh, I, I don't really have anything. I don't really have anything to say. We could we could ask Tony. Oh yeah, let's get Tony in here on this. Yeah, check those balls. <laughs>